Do you wish that you could see it all made new? You know, we sang that, and we answered, yes, we do. Is all creation groaning? Yes, it is. Is a new creation coming? It is, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Is the glory of the Lord to be the light within our midst? It is. And is it good that we remind ourselves of these things? Absolutely, yes. Yes, it is. This morning we talked about sin, the curse of sin, the rebellion, where man sought to be like God, to be equal with God. He sought his own autonomy, self-obsession, and self-orientation was the result and has been that way ever since the Garden of Eden. The consequences of sin entering into the world, a separation from God, spiritual death, just giving in to the state of evil shows how perverse, how wicked and corrupt the world has become. People are dead in sins. Disobedience to God reigns. The desires of the body and of the mind, corruption, destruction, deceit, decay, guilt, shame, all of these things are the result of sin. And just this morning, we hear on the news in White Settlement, west part of Fort Worth, somebody walks into a church service, people, brothers and sisters in Christ, are communing. And the guy opens fire. This world is messed up. This world is, in fact, broken. And in fact, the Bible teaches that all creation is groaning. In Romans 8, Paul writes, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy, worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. And I want you to remember that. We're going to come back to that. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning, groaning together. Man, I'm having trouble reading that. In the pains of childbirth until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. There's a lot to unpack there. A lot. Suffice it to say, do you remember this morning when Mike said, every time you look down and see a thorn, a briar, anything like that, you can just remember the curse. The whole earth has been cursed. That's the thing. 
And sometimes we forget about that. And sometimes we live in a continuity of thinking, a modern Western enlightenment way of thinking that is very platonic where the spirit and material things are separated. The Bible does not teach that. What God is doing is not to separate the spirit from the material, not to separate the spirit from the body, because he speaks of here at the end of this passage of the redemption of our bodies. And redemption is not, and I want to emphasize this, redemption is not completely doing away with the old. It is renewing, recreating, restoring the old. We still are going to have our bodies. The Bible teaches there is a resurrection of the body. A day coming where all that are in the grave, will, their bodies will come forth out of the graves. And those who are believers in Christ will be given immortal, incorruptible, glorified bodies. And it is because of the resurrection of Jesus, it is because of our conviction, our faith in the resurrection of Jesus, that we believe that God is going to set right everything that sin has brought into this world that has hurt God's good creation. Remember in Genesis chapter 3, verse 17 and 18, the curse. Remember, cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. Jeremiah 12, 4. And then also verse 11, how long must this land mourn? Even the grass in the fields has withered. The wild animals and birds have disappeared because of the evil in the land. They have made it a desolation, desolate. It mourns to me. The whole land is made desolate, but no man lays it to heart. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 2 and 4, For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. For while we are still in this tent, we groan, being burdened. So, all creation, including mankind, is groaning, longing, eagerly awaiting for God to complete his finished work, which he began with sending his son to this earth and dying on the cross and raising him from the grave. Jesus is referred to many times in scriptures as the first fruit. And so when we see the resurrection of Jesus, when we see him dying on the cross and being raised to life again, we see God taking that which is dead and giving it life. And that's what God is going to do with all creation. That's what God is going to do with us, with our bodies. Because of who God is, 
He is not content to leave the world to evil. He has a plan. He's always had a plan. And right now, Jesus Christ is Lord of all. I want you to understand that. No matter how bad things look, no matter how much sin is in the world, no matter how much corruption and evil, no matter how many things go wrong, Jesus is sitting on his throne. He is King of kings and Lord of lords, and he is doing the work of God to restore and redeem and recreate all creation. That's what the Word of God teaches. In Ephesians chapter 1, we read about God's plan his purpose. This is something that God knew, something that he had planned before the foundation of the world. This is something that he predetermined, he predestined. This was the purpose of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan. And what is the plan? Paul continues to say, to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. If you must, the spiritual and the physical, the material, all things, whatever is in heaven, whatever creatures God has created, whatever angelic beings, the, the, the cherubims, the seraphims, everything that God has created and placed in heaven, and everything that God has created and put on this earth. Through Jesus Christ, we have the possibility that every creature is redeemed and united with all heavenly beings when, as we're going to see, heaven and earth come together in the end. That's the plan. That's what God is up to. In this passage in Ephesians 1, the plan includes a lot of great and wonderful and beautiful things for us. All spiritual blessings are in Christ. In Christ, we, yes, sinful me, sinful you, we are holy and blameless in Christ. We have been adopted into the family of God. We have been redeemed. We have been purchased by the blood of Jesus. We are restored to fellowship with God here and now because of Jesus. We have been forgiven in spite of all of our past failures, in spite of our weaknesses, in spite of our sin, we are forgiven of all of these things now. And we have a hope. We have an eternal inheritance awaiting us. And we've been given the Holy Spirit as a down payment, an earnest payment of everything that God has planned for us. I'll tell you what. You can spend hours in Ephesians 1, verses 3 through 14, and you'll come out of that study supercharged with what God has planned for you. The plan out of these verses came because of God's love, his grace, his wisdom, and his insight. And here's the thing. The Bible tells us Jesus is the plan. That's right. Jesus is the plan. 
Jesus means, remember Emmanuel, God with us. In God's brilliance, in his genius, God determined to come to us as a man. He took upon himself human flesh. He became a man. Jesus, the Son of God, has come to us. And in Christ, in Christ, we have a relationship with God. Listen to Ephesians 3. Paul says, he talks about his preaching and how God called him and this grace was given to him to preach the mystery that God includes the Gentiles and all of that. But notice what he says, to bring to light for everyone what is the plan. All this preaching, this writing, everything that Paul is talking about, he says, is to bring to light the plan. I want you to know tonight, God has a plan, okay? No matter how random things may feel or look or seem, don't you worry about it. God has a plan, and the plan has been in place. And the plan, remember, is to bring all things in heaven and earth together, to unite all these things together according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord. Listen to Colossians. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, and in him all things hold together. You know the reason you're sitting here breathing right now is because Jesus allows it. That's right. He is holding you and me together right now. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. All the fullness of God is found in the person, in the man Jesus. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself, and here it is again, all things, whether on earth or in heaven. Now, listen to this. Colossians 1, 26 through 29. The mystery now revealed to his saints, the glory of the mystery. Listen to what the plan is, the mystery is, the great revelation of the gospel. Is Christ in you. Christ in you. He goes on to say in the next chapter, I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan. All right, now Paul is writing to us. He wrote to the church there. This has been passed down for the centuries. This is Paul's message to me and to you today. Listen to this message. He said, I want them to understand God's mysterious plan, Colossians 2, verse 2, the end of verse 2, which is Christ himself. There's the plan. Paul said the plan is Jesus. The plan, as we said, is to redeem, restore, recreate, renew. That's the plan. 
Remember, because of the resurrection of Jesus, God has shown his power to take that which is dead and give it life again. And this is seen in the power of the resurrection. And when we look at our lives and we think about all the things that have been dead, I want you to think about the things in your life where you have experienced deadness. You know, sometimes relationships are dead. Sometimes they've been destroyed. But there are stories of God bringing them together and bringing life to those relationships. I worked with a couple two or three years ago, and the fellow wrote me a long letter not too long ago, and he said he was remembering that when his wife and him came in to my office, he said their marriage was over, it was dead. And the rest of the letter, he was just praising God because of his happy marriage, the life that had been brought to it. We all have our stories, and that's one thing I'm really excited about tomorrow. Tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock, Josh announced this. I know a lot of you have to work, but look, if you can be here tomorrow at 10 o'clock, you're going to hear real life stories of God working in the lives of people in this church. And there could be a whole lot more stories than the ones that you're going to hear. But you're going to hear a number of stories where God has taken that which is dead and he has given it life. Where God has done beautiful, amazing, wonderful, miraculous things through his power to raise the dead. Because of our relationship with Christ, because we are now in Christ, the same power, the same power that brought Jesus from the grave, Holy Spirit power resides in the church, in the body of Christ, in each individual Christian. There is a power within us. And it is a life-giving power. I want to share with you what Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, verses 9 and 10. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. God is going to give life to our mortal bodies. He is going to bring to life that which is dead. And so whenever our bodies are lying dead in the grave and whenever Jesus returns, when Jesus comes back, listen to what Paul said about that in Ephesians, rather Philippians 3.21. Verse 20, he says, but our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, 
the Lord Jesus Christ. And what's Jesus going to do when he comes again? Verse 21 says, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body. How's he going to do that? By the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Remember we read in Ephesians, we read in Philippians, what's the plan? To unite all things in heaven and earth in him. And so in Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we will be raised from the dead. We will have bodies like his. John writes about that in 1 John chapter 3, verse 2 and verse 3. And when he writes about it, he says, look, I don't know everything about all this. I don't know what it's going to be like. All I know is this, is when Jesus comes, we are going to see him as he is, and we will be like him. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that wonderful to know what God has planned for us? Isn't it a beautiful thing to realize that God is working out his plan? It's going to happen. It's a done deal. That's why the Bible uses metaphors like a new birth, a new heavens, and a new earth, a new city, a new marriage, new life, new creature, all of these things. The Holy Spirit uses them to teach us, to show us, explain to us, remind us over and over again God's redemptive, recreative power. And maybe, maybe that boggles your mind and maybe you just can't, I just can't figure out how that's going to work. You know, I'm one of these people. I'm one of those people that I want to know how things work. I want to know why. I want to analyze everything and overanalyze it. Drives my wife crazy sometimes. She tells me, just accept it. You don't have to know why. It just is. But that's how I'm wired. Listen, I want to remind you, this is the God that created the universe out of nothing. You hear me? He created everything out of nothing. That's the kind of power he has. So you think it's a problem for him to take ashes, dust, whatever is left in the grave, bones, whatever's there? You think it's a problem for God to take whatever is there and work his creative power and give us a new body that in many, many respects is going to be just like the body of Jesus his resurrected body. And the earth, it's going to be new. It's going to be a whole new creation. The Bible begins with the Garden of Eden, paradise, and the Bible ends with the Garden of Eden and paradise. And somehow or other, I'm going to be walking, or you're going to be walking around and jumping around and running around and seeing all the glories and the beauties of all that God has created. 
Sometimes I see pictures. Sometimes I see in magazines or on a computer screen or on television. Oh, man, I would love to go there. I would love to see that. I would love to go to the Swiss Alps. I would love to see so many beautiful places and amazing things that God has done and created. And sometimes when I look up and see the stars and I see what God has created there, it just almost blows my mind. There are so many amazing things that God has done and made for us. And one of these days we're just going to get to spend eternity looking at everything and enjoying everything and going wherever in the world we want to go with all of our loved ones. Woo, man, this is good stuff. And that's what God has planned for us. A renewed, a recreated universe. Everything that he has made. All the good And he has taken us who were dead in our sins and he has made us alive together with Christ and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, God says through Isaiah, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? And Revelation 21 verse 5, And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. You can count on this. This is what God has promised. I don't have time for that slide. It's, it's a, a good story, but maybe some other time. Recreated. We are recreated into Christ's likeness. The song that we sing is the glory of the Lord to be the light within our midst. It is. The light of Jesus is in our midst. Jesus lives in us. And he tells his disciples, you are the light of the world. And I love Romans 8, 29, which tells us God's plan. What he predetermined and predestined was that we would be conformed to the image of Christ. And Paul writes to the Colossians, for in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. And then here's the part that just blows me away. And you have been filled in him. What this is telling us is that Jesus has been filled up with God. But because you're a Christian... You are filled with Jesus. That's why we are a new creation. We are not that person anymore who lies, who steals, who cheats. That's not who we are. We are not the person who thinks evil and perverse things. That's not who we are. We are not 
the person who lives by the lust of the flesh. That's not who we are. We are filled with Christ. We have been renewed. We have been recreated here, now. Let's live like it. We are children of light. We are the light of the world. Let's be the light. Let's allow the glory and the light of Jesus to shine in us. We put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Well, in conclusion tonight, Isaiah 65, 17 and 18, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth. Come on up, praise team. I create new heavens and a new earth. The former things shall not be remembered or come to mind, but listen to this. We call this three days celebrate Jesus, right? Tonight we've talked about God's plan, what God is doing. Jesus is the plan, and everything that God is accomplishing for us in and through Jesus that's what we've been talking about, right? And so the prophet says, as he gives us the message from God, I create new heavens and a new earth. And look what he says at the end. Be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. Can you rejoice in what God has created? Can you rejoice in the fact that you are a new creation in Christ? What God has created in you is the spirit of Jesus Christ, conformity to the image of Jesus. That's who we are. Can you rejoice in that? Yes, yes, absolutely we rejoice in that. And Revelation 21 says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more. Neither shall there be any mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Listen to what Jesus says here. This is great. Jesus said, Behold, I am making all things new. Do you believe it tonight? Do you believe it? Jesus said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, Write this down. And he did. We're reading it. John wrote it down. Jesus told him, look, write this down. For these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, it 
is done. Live like it, folks. Do you believe it? Jesus said, this is what I'm doing. It is done. It is a done deal. This is what I am doing. And that is our hope. And that's why we're here tonight. And that's why we celebrate Jesus, our risen Lord. Because through him and through the spirit of Christ that lives in us, we have been raised from death and we will live forevermore with Jesus in the new heavens and the new earth. Glory be to God in the highest.